passion, you know, to talk to people and be inspired and, and hear people's voices and stories. But, you know, so I teach English. So I know how hard it is. I mean, English itself is a really hard language and mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances and expressions. So how did you learn English? <laughs> um, so I guess there's, um, it's funny because um, when I came I, we learned little English, um, like in school, in high school, and what they taught us is British English, but of course it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically it's British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, um, <laughs> looking forward to meet you I, I cannot really do it quite right but you know like you, you've evolved past that yeah and then there's like I would say tomato or how do you do um, some basic phrases um, and then the funny thing is in the so oh when I first came here I went to Purdue for um, graduate school to study computer science okay um, so in the school there are inter other international students I remember I went to this like international student like dance party and there's this English guy and you know when I say tomato and it's oh my god where did you come from and <laughs> so I think you know I kind of I instantly clicked and I you know I um so we actually started dating and uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um that clicked with you and then like we speak more English that definitely helped um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate she was Chinese we were from the same hometown oh, but wow. because our um you know, like our schedules are different. Um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep. <laughs> so m my boyfriend at the time did not like that, right? So one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t training for teaching assistant. So we're teaching assistant. Oh, right. Yeah. So you're, a, you're, in, you're in a graduate pr program. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So then okay. one of the assignments is like, um, you know, come up with a phase, uh, phrase that sounds Dif like the meaning is different than the um, original how the words read mm -hmm. and then so she asked me and my boyfriend um, they, and then the, the boyfriend gives a um, blowjob <laughs> it's so mean but she didn't know I didn't know so I actually didn't know and then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blowjob and then <laughs> everybody just had the face palm and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed right so that started the war with me and the rest of the st Chinese students oh no they disowned me oh no they blamed you <laughs> they blamed me so so I kind of I was being isolated from the rest of the Chinese student mm -hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me all right I'm going to make friends with international students with my American friends they, they were really really nice to me um, so that's kind of but in the meantime like as I ask question I'm just like um, you know at this point I came here I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions um, so I asked anything that I don't understand and my friends got a little impatient oh urban dictionary but it's incredible. Urban Dictionary is like the, I don't know, that's kind of where I learned most of my English. <laughs> um. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because, you know, like, like students that I have now, they're yeah. like, I really want to improve my English. And like other teachers will say, you know, date somebody, you know, <laughs> like, go meet up with people. I always tell them that they should, um, 
<laughs> I always tell them a couple things. I'm like, you should go to a place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I tell them, I was like, go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to. Because then if you, you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important. Oh, because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, Oh, go down that way. And you know, go straight ahead or go down this street, you know, like a little directions things. Like everybody has a map now. Everybody's using Google maps or mm-hmm. whatever, but you know, I'm like, just go ask a question, but you already know the answer. That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend. And, um, um, sometimes I just really got lost and then it's a, uh, it's hard. I just, I want to go home, but I just like, okay, stay with it. And a lot of time I, actually really did not know what they were talking about but even picking up something like i it's helpful um you took a long time <laughs> so uh, so you did you finish purdue or did you change schools how did you decide to to stay and how did you end up in seattle mm, um i was in the phd program so oh, wow. um i did not finish that so i was a i am a phd dropout but i um i once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between, and uh, I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft, and at the interview, my interviewer actually said, you know, you should also check that box for full time, because it's the interview is actually easier. The reason his rationale was, um, you know, for intern, you only have three months. So we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver and then um, for three months period of time. But for time, we look more for potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so I checked that box. Um, they flew me to, you know, Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview. But the position I applied for was the program management. Um, and then they definitely want your English to be better. Um, so I actually ended up didn't get that job. But from my background, they referred me to a different group, which is Xbox, and they actually flew me back again. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I um and I got that job. So um then I gotta face the decision and it's a full time position, wow. right? So do I just quit at this point and go to Seattle or do I continue to do PhD? Um and then the time I just feel like I I wanna get out of Indiana. Um I I can <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good place to start my work and so I um, yeah I quit PhD I got my master's degree and I moved to Seattle Wow. So Indiana and Seattle. So those are the two places that you've actually lived in the U.S. or yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So um, I I'm, do you prefer Seattle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've actually never been to Seattle, but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place. I've definitely never been to Indiana. I'm from California, so like when we think about other states, we're like they're over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, seriously, even though I like you know kind of educated and stuff, but uh, it's always like what, Indiana. It's a, I I think I could find it on a map, maybe. Um, sorry, Indiana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before. This is not your first rodeo in San Francisco. Uh, no, a lot. I've been here a lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities um, and uh, I love it so much that I almost almost moved here. But, uh, well, actually, just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a 650. San Mateo, Erico. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually moved out of my, um, my place. I got all packed up, ready. I got a job offer. They gave me a relocation fee. And uh, so I started looking for apartment. 
but it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco. Before I find a place, the company went bankrupt. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I <laughs> great timing, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also because the job I was doing、um, that required me to travel a lot, so I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco look for apartment. I was never really here,、mm-hmm. and I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, "Hey, I'm interested in your apartment." Nobody replied, right? They don't、mm-hmm. give a. <laughs> Can I swear on the? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do this open house thing with like. Twenty people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that. So、um, it, I just never found apartment.、Um, and then there's other reasons, like、um, for a Chinese uh, citizen. Um, If you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And、uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate, so、um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for tourist visa. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, and、um, also I dance Argentine tango, and um, um, this is、uh, San Francisco is one of the city like the best place to dance Argentine tango. There's a lot of great dancers here, and there are a lot of more. Leaders、um, in any other city in the U.S. I, I hope this is almost right.、Um, there are way more followers than leaders, and San Francisco is the only place have more leaders. Wow! So where where do you do Argentine tango here? Like、um, some of your favorite. Spots. I haven't been back here、uh, for a while, but I know we went. I went to、um, Berkeley. They have this all nighter thing. You dance all night until six a.m.、Um, we do. San Francisco Tango Marathon、um, in November.、Oh, Every、wow. November there's a Tango Marathon. It's like dance until you drop.、Uh, <laughs> um, I think it actually might be close to the mission. It might not be far,、um, but my area is a little bit like、um, like my memory is a little bit、uh, rough right now. <laughs> That's okay because you just came back into town last night.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually I think I know someone who does the goes to the Berkeley Tango. Oh,、um, she's like a sub. Substitute teacher at our school, but she's probably in her seventies. But she has more energy than like anybody else that I work with. We're always like, "What's your secret?" And she's like, "I go dancing three nights a week." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're actually we're here at Mutiny Radio. We're here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and so you're going to be performing tonight as part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the、mm-hmm. All Ladies Show tonight at 10 p.m. So excited! But then you're going to be like a guest DJ here on Monday at noon, doing some Argentine tango, right? Yes.、Um, so I have、um, three lovely ladies who. Also love dancing Argentine tango. They're here in San Francisco, so they're going to be my special guests.、Um, so you know, we're going to talk about what is really Argentine tango, debunk some very um, popular um, misconceptions about Argentine tango. We're going to share some of our personal stories about、uh, some of our struggles and funny and embarrassing moments.、Um, and then you know, for example, there's something specific about San Francisco in the tango community. We call it Man Francisco. <laughs> Man Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of related to like why there are so many leaders.、Um, you know, of course, we now that women can lead, the choir tango is very popular. So it's all all gender, all inclusive. But there's just a lot of more men in general in this area, and we also call it Babe Area. So instead of <laughs> Bay Area, because <laughs> like you know, like all the all the.、Um, Dancers here, like we're all babes, you know. We, because there's so many 
guys lined up want to dance with <laughs> nice nice Every, everyone's dance card is full right yeah <laughs> that's awesome um so let's take a little musical break mm-hmm. and then when we come back i want to talk to you about um your experiences in this past year doing comedy being a female comedian and then some of your work with the the syndrome mm-hmm. which sounds really cool so everyone you're listening to women's magazine here on mutiny radio.fm this is a special part of the fourth annual mutiny radio comedy festival that's happening march 1st that's today through march 5th so there's 50 comics 26 shows five days shows are 10 bucks a piece to go on our, our website mutinyradio.fm you can find the co- the uh, festival page and see all the different amazing uh, topics of the different shows different themes um, that you can get in on and have a good time with so i'm going to play a little music from this uh, a local artist her name's renee asteria and this is called illegal Better pick up 
You are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are streaming live around the planet from the Mission District of San Francisco, right here in the corner of 21st and Florida. We are kicking off the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival running today, March 1st through March 5th, um, with Bernice Ye, who is in town visiting from the Seattle, Washington area, um, and is going to be part of tonight's uh, big showcase at 10 p.m., the All Ladies Comedy uh, uh, lineup, um, and also a couple different shows uh, throughout the festival, which we can talk about. You know, we'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and, and catch you live uh, in the act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk to you. This is Women's Magazine, so we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. Um, wow, yeah, um, it's uh, definitely very, very intimidating. Because um, I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic um, before. Um, the venue opened people line up and people show up and it's like everybody i mean in in seattle we're already very white so everyone is a white dude (laughs) and then so i feel like this is even worse than my you know computer science um, graduate school you know 10 years ago you know i was maybe one of the girls of the 40 students but at least i know computer science but you know for comedy i am new nobody knows me um and then you know like but everybody else know each other so i feel definitely just being judged immediately and then nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself and then when I reach out to say hi it's just this very awkward interaction you just feel like okay I should go now <laughs> well I, I'm thinking that they, they they may just be naturally awkward a little bit and they're probably like who's that pretty lady you know like I don't know how to talk to her is she gonna be funnier than me oh my god my ego um, so but you did it you jumped up and, and did comedy stand up for the first time and um, um, you actually sent me, I think you sent me the video of that and you were funny. Like people responded. You were like 
successful in your first go. Oh, thank you, thank you. It definitely takes a lot of work. The, the video you saw is that's um, you know um, November, so that's probably nine months into the time. I've definitely had a time when when I had to open my like, oh, I just want to find a place to hide. Um, so it it takes a lot of work. And I also have to say, in my very first few open mic, I remember one time I go to this place called um, Comedy Underground. I showed up. I have no idea how that mic works, and there's a bunch of dudes line up. But one lady, um, her name is uh, Chelsea Toll. If she ever listened to this, that's when we first met. And she's like, "Oh, I just moved here. Ladies got to watch out for each other." And she said, "Take this." She gave me two dollars because the, at the club, if you drop in two dollars a donation, you have a higher chance to get on the list. Oh wow! So okay. like it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like, and it's like somebody should tell, no, we, we got each other. And I feel like that really meant a lot to me. Um, and the same day, the open mic, I went up. Actually, I guess I was actually funny that day, even though that's my like first open mic. And then another lady, uh, her name is Aisha, and she reached out to me and said, hey, you're funny. You should come out to this open mic I am producing. Uh, it's called Comedy Nest. Um, it is a female-focused uh, uh, comedy open mic. You should come. So, you know, like I feel like there's people really helped me and embraced and gave me that courage to uh, keep going, even though I was very intimidated. That's excellent. And that's up in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. How cool. So you're also working uh, now. Now you've kind of even like taken this further um, with this group that you're working with called the syndrome. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the syndrome. How did you connect with them? And what are some of the different things that that this group does? Sure. I mean, guess how they found me. Ah, they found you. At the open mic. Ah, <laughs> they were scouting. <laughs> so, um, I actually, our uh, one of our editor, um, um, Betsy Hunt, and she uh, went to, she also took a comedy class from one of the comedy um, club that's doing open mic. So I was there at open mic. They, sh they were in the audience. I did not know. Um, I come back down and she just snicked a, a card and said, hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me. She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I emailed her back and follow up and then they were like oh we really like your stuff um what if you know get on a call we see if you want to be a writer on our central magazine and that's how we get connected to each other and then when they told me the story of the central magazine i was like wow this is amazing because the the magazine wasn't started in the u.s they actually started in italy Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then like when they started, the the vision is just like you know we want to talk about women, talk about gender equality, talk about women's rights um, through humor. Yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 reckon, you know, reconcile and understand a different perspective. And then the magazine took off in Europe. Like actually, um, they they encountered the success that more than they anticipated. Wow! And yeah. when when was that? Um, like. How long have they been around? Do you know? They have been. I have to look because, like, I feel I cannot. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now. <laughs> no, no, <but>. no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know it has been around a few years. And our founder in the Seattle chapter, uh, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in Italy. She moved to Seattle area, and she wants to bring that to to Seattle. So that's how we um, started the U.S. chapter. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So if you guys are out there listening, the syndrome 
mag.com or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram I'm sure so all, all over the place this multimedia social media world um, but that's really cool because I feel like when you have the the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know a, address um, gender inequality um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can they can be very serious mm-hmm. it can be very emotional it can kind of turn people off you know they're like oh you know whatever people compl- you know women complaining again yeah. you know but like to do it in a humoristic like a like in a funny way like kind of like cuts through some of that like oh we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on yeah because you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed right like i think how many times we we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work you are obligated to watch it but then like in the end you just like okay i'd better not talk about this now but on the contrary um i'm going to quote uh sarah silverman because she uh, she said if it's mentionable it is manageable Mm. i think i found that just so inspiring it's like yeah if you want to manage you got to talk about it like you ending issues the worst is just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it and i think the humor opens that like that channel opens the conversation uh, instead of just shutting down oh, let's just be serious let's just hide to walk away from the topic yeah so the so the syndrome mag which is an online magazine right mm-hmm. um but also it's also a group that's it's it's a non-profit and you're b- basically part of a, a group of consultants right like mm-hmm. like like people who who are affiliated with the syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out this have you is, been a yeah. Part of that? Yeah, a little bit. Like, so um, this is a new initiative we started. Um, so we want to work with, because there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, so the, the idea is instead of just like watching those tr- videos. And so we actually collaborate with the company to see, you know, to learn a little bit about their culture, what people's you know minds is. And then we write comedy sketch scenarios sketch and then we hire um, professional actor actress to act it out and so in the audience you're like watching so, oh yeah that happens and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out um i persist I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them were just like, you know, I was like, I lived through that, right? Like yeah. I'm one of the women in tech. Um, so, you know, even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men, you got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side and then you feel like... Even for the woman, it's awkward. Three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom, like, there's just two of you. <laughs> and I say a line of men, you know. So there are some scenarios that everybody, they understand. But they, like, I think in the more zoomed in story, you see the internal state. And you see how awkward for that person is. Mm. And, um, you know, we also, for example, at, in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off. Or then all of a sudden, we have the woman to wear. A different mask of like with mustache and then like same voice to say it just you hear it very very differently um <laughs> that i love that i think that's such a great way to to point stuff out
out mm-hmm. because, like you said you know, those dry like you must watch this sexual harassment video and of course they make things in those like really obvious yeah. right <laughs> uh, usually but the subtle things are what it's like I think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and and the things that people aren't even like you know paying attention to or aware of they think you know they, they don't even think about it right mm-hmm. um, it, it's funny when you talk about the, the men's room and the ladies room so my my uh, my little funny story about that is many years ago now I was working for a catering company so I mm-hmm. was I was bartending at an event here in San Francisco and it was Apple's um, like annual uh, employee appreciation party right so it's this big like kind of outdoor park mm-hmm. down downtown and um I mean, it was like thousands of men, thousands and thousands of men. And all of the drinks were free, Mm. right? It was just like, it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders and these guys would stand like, like 10 feet away and like look at us and and so awkwardly. And we're like, come on, like, come on, it's okay. Like, come get a beer, you know? And, and it was, it was kind of a lame party anyway, because like they wouldn't, they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out. Like they didn't want them to like think that they had to, like any more pressure. I'm like, okay, I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore. Cause it was very socially awkward. I saw three women that night out of like probably like 3000 men. Mm-hmm. And one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend, you know? <laughs> so I actually made a friend that night. There was a, another person who was bartending that night and we left at the same time. And, uh, we went to the, to the bathrooms and we saw this big line of men. Yes. And so we heckled them in line. We're like, now you know what it's like. You get the treatment now. And then we got to the women's room and there was a security guard there saying, I'm sorry, you can't go in. And we're like, what? what do you mean? And they're like, well, we had to let some men into the to the women's room. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going in. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen the other way around. That's right. They don't That's open right. the men's room for the ladies who are waiting yeah. there. So it was, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> yes, it's one time. No, you're not taking that away from us, right? <laughs> That's right. I don't care if there's men in there. We're going to the bathroom, the ladies' room, you know. And, of course, that was before they even, like, the whole, like, you know, all gender bathroom conversation was, was even in play. But uh, it was just, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, so seeing that played <laughs> out, right, and remind them, like, let's look at this moment all together, and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think, actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches, uh, but you're writing for the, the magazine part. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think uh, in, um, I started, what is my first, about chopsticks? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe, uh, I think it's just me being, uh, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have a sense of belonging, just, just my experience are different. Um, so I kind of want to bring in explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes right so i think there are things like i don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me um, i don't do that but there's also i think the stereotypes are there for a reason i want people to look at something that's not so foreign because hey i came to this country i don't know anything of course i'm going to look very clueless but if you go to china you would be right <laughs> so i kind of want you kind of break that you know share a different perspective um the first 
bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. <laughs> As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, and uh, the thing is, um, I kind of. I hold my chopsticks. I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like most of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it. But I'm. But then it's not just me. Most of the the natural like a native born Chinese people hold the same way. So there's like you know times like I go to a restaurant with like ten other Chinese people and with my white boyfriend. He's the only one. He's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know. But then like I. I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps when we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure out there's no way I can use it the, the, the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm-hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like our parents are different they they just use their hands when they're little so they learn as adult as well because like china was so poor you're just fighting you're just grabbing food <laughs> so those are the things that, you know it, i think that's my kind of my first piece um not to give away everything right um and then the second one is actually personal uh, it matters a lot to me it's about like uh, uh, asian eyes small asian eyes and then i think um if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know, this Asians are obsessed with this double double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. They're like, do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid? And I had to be like, what? Mm-hmm. Like just even the term, you know. But I know what you mean. It's like having the like crease on your eye. Right. right? The- yeah. Yeah. So we're very obsessed with that, and then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very very popular. And then to a point, it's really like. Um, your parents were like oh you if you want to find a job you need that you mm. need that so girls were almost expected like when you're done with high school that's when you get it uh- <laughs> well there's a lot of that in Southern California too like like given like oh congratulations you graduated from high school you get your you get your boob job you get your nose job and you're like you're eight this is an 18 year old girl like, yeah why are you like totally transforming your body in some way that's like permanent yeah know? yeah and also like growing up my entire family always like oh you're so smart but your eyes are so small <laughs> so you know they were nice. just <laughs> shaming like yeah. the small eye from the very early on mm-hmm. but I actually I was just like always freaked out about that I was also kind of very self-conscious about my eyes so I figured oh what if I wear glasses because my mom was oh your eyes will might look a little better with glasses so i came up with this idea so oh you know i need to wear glasses i'm going to pretend or oh, i am a good student but i'm a good student and i'm of course i'm nearsighted right so <laughs> i told my <laughs> the, the, the classic nerd kind of look right right like. so i told my mom i can't see i cannot read the, the the chalkboard like you you have to take me to see a doctor and then so at the at the prescription they do this like computerized the prescription test and my eyes were fine Oh. And I said, no, no, no. So like when they do the menu test, I just pretend I can't see anything. <laughs> I just add on, add on. I got wow. the thickest prescription oh ever. God. I got like a 400, right? Like is it next to 400 or 4.0? Yeah, 4.0. Yeah, 4.0. So like as a little kid, I have perfect vision. I was wearing this like glasses every day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that, that keenly applied deception, right? To, yeah. to make things work. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, what what is your family 
think of this like do they know how much like do they know about your comedy your budding comedy career like what do you tell them about your life now <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in china um it's a uh, because you know think about the topic and things we really talk about mm. like you don't you, you don't talk about stand-up comedy um i think there's comedy sketches and in, in china so usually you have two characters they talk about the kind of funny scenarios but never it's about issues racy edgy opinions that i think it's not about to evoke mm-hmm. thoughts it's never about that um but my mom um i think she she's proud like my parents are proud of me for doing this um they don't really know exactly cause i want to share a video with my parents i can't even share that because um if sending google uh, video like Google Photo, YouTube is all blocked in China. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. cannot see it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very difficult. Like you know, for stand-up comedy, they don't understand English, so I kind of send um, little clips through WeChat. That's very popular for ch- their own messenger. Interesting. So they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing. They're oh, okay, they like her. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, but I'm they cannot d- understand. R- yeah, right, right. Well, that sometimes that's okay, right? It's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wow. So you're really you're really breaking down a lot of barriers. Um, I'm just I'm so glad that you're here oh, and that we you. get to be you know here on the show today on Women's Magazine. Um, do you have any uh, advice for women out there, girls, whatever, uh, who want to do stand up comedy? Um, I I will say like I think um, now like believe believe in yourself um because a lot of times people told me like um oh yeah no you got to pay your dues and you have at least you got to suck for the first five ten years and don't even ask to be this opportunity but i think you know just be bold and and, then you never know don't let what pre-exists to stop you what you think you can do um because if i were to do that i would not even apply for Mutiny Radio Festival. But who is to say so? I cannot be on it. I have to first make the move and then let them decide. So um, that's definitely something I will say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bernice Ye, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy and you're really funny. And I know that people are going to come out to Mutiny Radio um, for your show tonight at 10, which mm-hmm. is like the... That is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the, the 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 headliner for the night, right? Woo! <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the f- comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for hey, thanks for hooking us up here. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I was you. I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women and then all and trying to be specifically multicultural. But I was telling Bernice this year, I just pick the funniest people and it just happens to be incredibly diverse and multicultural and that we have almost as equal amount of men and women both involved in the festival and I wasn't even trying I was just like you just pick the funny people yeah and the word so, got out <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked that um, people are willing to travel from 
all over the U.S. to come be here at Mutiny Radio, and that's really exciting to me. So, yay! Awesome. Well, such I'm, an honor. <laughs> yeah. This is so cool, um, and it's really fun to be a part of. So, uh, Bernice, welcome back to San Francisco. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, for for setting this up so that we could have this uh, really great conversation and uh, give everyone a little bit, uh, a little insight into into Bernice's uh, sense of humor, sensibility, and her her really inspirational stories. So, um, I'm going to leave you with this one thing. Uh, it's a little bit of a teaser. So, so Bernice gave me this this uh, refrigerator magnet, mm-hmm. and it's a it's 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 a pink bunny, and it says sick pets make strong children. <laughs> so you'll have to come and listen, uh, come hang out at mutiny radio and listen to the live show. Um, tonight, uh, the all ladies show we're here at 2781 21st street here in San Francisco, nine, four, one, one Oh, if you need to know that as zip code. Um, but we're at the corner 21st in Florida in the mission district, come out. There's going to be shows, um, throughout the week. There's going to be five full days of um, showcases, various hilarious themes. Um, each show is 10 bucks. Uh, you can pre-buy your tickets online on the website, mutinyradio.fm. Uh, there's a there's a specific link you can click and see all the different shows that are happening. Um, Bernice, you're going to be tonight at 10. And then mm-hmm. what are your other um, shows? Um, I have two shows on Sunday. So um, 8 p.m., um, Dysfunctional family and 9 p.m. Um, um, fur babies are better than real babies. <laughs> <laughs> Monday I have two podcasts. So one is on like every day about races and, uh, and at noon we're going to talk about Argentine tango. Um, Tuesday at 5 p.m. I have uh, one show. I will be in the show, a uh, comedy show, um, Dating a Comic. Oh, fun. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Val. Yeah, we're wrapping up here, Women's Magazine. Um, just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like, I'm going to leave uh, communist China and go to the U.S. and become a really funny lady saying funny, important things. Hey, inspiration is contagious. So, peace and thank you. And we'll play another song here from Pamela Parker, because she does, in fact, rock. This song's called Pedal to the Metal. And I think it's going to (laughs) play. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Listener, it's that time of year again. 
March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. So two bucks or more if you feel super, super generous. No, wait till you get on stage. I can't just say like 20 bucks? Yeah, we have $20. What's your name? Jay, are you going up? Can I please? Yeah, no, I'm going to say. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe you get like eight minutes. Maybe. I'm really bad at winking, so it's like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, all right, cool. All right, everybody's doing good? How's everybody doing? Good? Let's give it up for your wait staff. I don't know. Just, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's give it up for the doorman. All right, good. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. Uh, I, <laughs> it's so funny. I, um, I you know, <laughs> no, this is great. I'm so glad you guys are all here. This is awesome. You guys are all fairly new comics. New comics? I'll do a little crowd work. A little little crowd work. New? Are you fairly new? Not really? A little bit? Like old? Like, like oldish? Kind of oldish? All right. All right. That's cool. I'm kind of newish oldish, too. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm newish oldest. I um, I used to live in the city actually. I used to, I don't live in the city anymore because I can't afford it. I live in East Bay now. But uh, when I lived in the do you, you yeah it looked like you were raising your hand. Did you want to bid on something? No. We put we have twenty dollars so far. You want to bid on something? No. <laughs> we're selling hope. We're selling hope, dear. We're selling hope here. <laughs> I used to no. I used to work in the city. I used to work at a sex shop for a while, which was um, kind of awesome, actually. Uh, I did have to get used to saying the word cockering like two thousand times a day. Yeah, and it, this is the thing. Like at first, I was really nervous about it, so I used to like whisper it. It'd be like, a, yeah, it'd be like, a, so what size cockering do you need? The guys would, I know, and the guys would always be like, uh, you whispering to me, baby? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I did learn a couple things though. I learned um I learned that if you ask a man, no matter what he looks like, I don't care what he looks like, tall, short, skinny, fat, old, young, I don't care what he looks like, what ethnicity he is, if you ask a man what size cockering he needs, he will always say large. That's right. That's absolutely right. And um uh, one in three, he'll he'll say, uh, "You got anything bigger?" <laughs> right? I'm gonna I'm gonna prove it to you right now, um, sir. What size cock ring do you wear? 
Oh, it's us. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's my bad. I'm so sorry. That is my bad. Uh, small, medium, large. Those are your options. Large. I just proved my point. No, it's it's. It, but it's true. It's absolutely true. This is the other thing that I'm pretty sure it's true. Uh, I am 100% true that um, there are a lot of guys in San Francisco that's got tape on their cock ring right now to hold it on. That's what I'm 100% true of. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure of that. I'm positive, actually. Oh, really? You. We don't have that kind of time. It's kind of which which what wait what's sad what's sad the that you need it oh no I heard it's like fun I heard it you know what ask Anthony Anthony after okay right you wearing one you're wearing one right now huh I used to uh, when I lived in the city I shared a I shared a flat with like six people right which makes perfect sense right. Uh, I shared a, um, a room with my boyfriend, and the next door was uh, like pocket doors, and there was a guy on the other side of the pocket doors, and we used to hear everything he fucking did in there, and he was really hot, like Irish guy, and he would bring home a different chick like every night, and this was frequently what I would hear in the middle of the night. This was frequently what I hear. I hear, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, shut up. <laughs> Gonna wake up my roommates. That's it's like the thought was there, but like the execution, it just wasn't good. You guys all from the city? I don't know. You know what? I just really want to talk to you guys. I'm sorry. I don't want to do material, but I should because I'm a comedian. So let's do this. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> What'd you say? Sack, you're from Sack? Good, because I thought you said you suck. And I was like, really, bitch? <laughs> oh, you're from Sacramento? You drove all the way over here? For you. Dude. Really? Okay, you get nine minutes. Just kidding, you just get nine minutes. You won't know the difference. When you're up here, you don't know the difference. You don't know the difference. It's, um, no, we also used to, what'd you say? Yeah, you're either going to be part of the conversation or you're not going to be part of the conversation. <laughs> These are the two options we have for this. So yeah, we uh, I used to we sold porno movies at the porn shop too. We sold porno movies. Anybody like porno movies? You guys like those? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I don't like them, though. Yeah, I don't like them. And this is why I don't like them. I don't like them because they are very predictable. <laughs> you notice this? Yeah. Okay, just once, I would love like a really good twist ending. Wouldn't that be great? Right? Someone's got the industry. It's very frustrating. That's... <laughs> <laughs> the spoilers write the title. That's what you're, that, That's what you're looking for. I, I love this. This has become like a group therapy session. 
Is it? Oh, you know what? That's what happened. Whenever I, uh, whenever I call like my mom, my boyfriend, my best friend, nobody's answering. I'm like, they're so planning an intervention right now. Like when I get home, they're gonna be like, "Hi, why don't you take a seat?" And I'm just like, "Ah, oh, no, no, no." You know what? I would love it if there was a porno movie that had a really good twist ending. Like I was thinking, what if like M Night Shyamalan did a porno movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. This is what. No. This is what I was thinking. This is what I was thinking. Okay. I think this is what it'll look like. It'll look like that. Okay. Ah, oh, that was great. Oh my God, he's been dead the whole time. No wonder he's so stiff. I know. I love that tagline, but I usually either get a aww or a huh, and I don't know if that's what I want. I'm not too sure if that's what I want. You know, I kind of want to get this thing started. I know I'm allowed to do like as much time as I want, but I'm just going to get her started. And um, let's see, let me find out who's first on the list. Chris Hardanson. Oh, Chris Hart. Oh, I heard he's good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh. Chris Hardanson. <laughs> Very much. If you, oh, I will tip. I will tip. Don't worry. It's not a tip. It's what you got to pay to get on stage. It's not a tip. If everybody leaves this mic knowing one thing, just remember Chris Hardinson is really good. Chris Hardinson is super good. If you're listening on the radio, write down the name Chris Hardinson and search him on YouTube. Find some cool shit. Uh, I saw my dick in porn recently. You ever see your dick in porn? You ever recognize it? If you're like me, I change the video instantly. Because when I watch porn, I like to see the girl like super enjoying herself. Like to an extent that I cannot provide. You know, like why do you watch professional sports? Because you want to see the best of the best get it done. You know, that's why you're not at home watching fucking high school basketball. You're watching the NBA with the big ass black dicks dunking on each other. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Big ass dicks in the NBA. It's not part of the stats, but it should be. It'd be like how many points, how many assists, rebounds, how long's the dong, dude? We need to know. It might help your team. LeBron would still be the best player in the NBA if that was all uh, part of it. You guys remember the finals last year where we saw LeBron's dick? Does anybody else remember that? Anybody else burn that into their memory like I did? That was the dick that I saw that looked like mine. That's what I'm talking about. Is that LeBron James dick? I'm like, oh shit, me and LeBron got something in common. If I squint my eyes and turn my head to a little bit, I'm like, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> same ass dick as LeBron, baby. Put that on my Tinder bio. You gotta squint your eyes though, so you gotta be Asian or super high. So we'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. Asian girls don't like me, but I got a bunch of weed, so it's all good, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Uh, I like to, have you ever had your dick sucked with ice in her mouth? Like when, when a girl will do that, like with ice in her mouth. I like that, but I just don't like how many ice cubes she can fit in her mouth while she does it. And it's like, <laughs> just starts creating all this water all of a sudden and shit. I was like, oh shit, it's not cool. I subscribe to a Pornhub premium now. So you're all fucking peasants to me at this point, basically. Because I don't know when else in this room has the fucking cojones to pay $12 a month for premium fucking videos. I'm talking HD. I'm talking the best videos that you can find on the internet. And I pay $12 a month for that shit. And it's a great investment until I see these sad dog commercials where they're like, for $8 a month, you can save all these dogs. And I'm like, nah. But I will spend more than that so I come faster when I watch porn. 
I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot about myself these days and who I am. I saw a young homeless guy recently. His sign said, first time being homeless. I'm like, dude, that's the attitude that got you homeless. <laughs> if you ever saw me homeless, you'd see me with a fucking guitar and a jar and a sign that says, last time being homeless. That's how you'd make the money, man. Fucking optimism. Who's going to give this kid money to fund his life of continuous homelessness? You know, like, oh, this is your first time on your second time being homeless? You're going to write second time being homeless and think anyone gives a shit? No one cares, homeless kid. No one fucking cares. I think there's too many people in the world, you guys. I do. I'm not going to start, like, shooting people or anything. But I am going to stop covering my coughs and sneezes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, I saw a billboard for abortion recently. Well, it wasn't for abortion. It was anti. I don't think you'll ever see like a pro-abortion billboard. You'll never see like a, you got it in you. You can take it out. You got it in you to take it out of you. And if there was a pro one, that would be a good tagline for it. I would have written it. But it was an anti-abortion bill, but it had a big number on it. It said 2,500,000. That's the number of lives abortion has taken away from us since it was legalized. And I thought to myself, damn, don't you just wish there was 2.5 million more unwanted people here? Wouldn't that just make this earth a better place for all of us to live, you know? And this billboard is in the middle of the country, in the middle of nowhere. No one was seeing this shit. They need to put this shit where it's going to get some attention. I'm talking right next to the freeway, like in between Petaluma and Novato. So every morning and every evening when people are sitting in lane-to-lane -lane traffic, they can just imagine two and a half million more people just merging into their lane, just making them that much later for their fucking jobs. Fuck that shit. Two and a half million more cars merging into your lane. It's like Coachella for cars. It's like a fucking big group of cars, man. My mom likes Drake now. Which is cool, because I like Drake too, but me and my mom like Drake very differently. Like, my mom believes in Drake. You know? Like, I've liked Drake for a long time, so, like, I know it's not real anymore. But I'm, like, I'm wondering at what age are you supposed to tell your parents that Drake isn't real? It's a tough spot, man. My parents, uh, my parents got a bunk bed growing up. Anybody else's parents get a bunk bed growing up? The worst part about their divorce was that they didn't get one. But they did keep that bunk bed, though. Kept it for a long time. I was always afraid I'd see that car because my dad's bottom bunk where he slept, like, stay together for the kids, like, super deep. Like, he's done it a bunch of times. Like, a tally of how many more days till my younger brothers turn 18. He can get the, f he's like, fucking, he's the dude from Castaway, basically, on his bottom bunk. <laughs> I was always afraid. <laughs> always afraid of that shit, dude. My dad is uh, my boss, so uh, most of the pain for my job is on the inside. <laughs> Some people get jealous about my job. They're like, you only have that job because your dad's a boss. Your dad owns a company. I'm like, dude, my dad would have fired me so long ago. I have a cool job because of my mom. <laughs> little life hack if you let your boss bang your mom you can say whatever the fuck you want at work and get away with it you can so if you don't have uh, parents to work for then you should get yourself some thank you very much everybody <laughs>who went from dick jokes to talking about your mom that's I like that that's I like that I like that and I get it I get it about the Drake thing because I once stuck up for Kanye West it was actually the worst day of my life so it was a terrible idea it was a terrible idea um, all right you guys ready for the next person he is funny. He is super, super funny. 
I gotta stop doing that because I'm hosting. I don't need to move this out of the way because I am hosting now. All right, you guys ready for your next comedian? There we go. Mr. Kevin Wong. I love how Evelyn just had porn on her mind when she brought up Chris. Chris Hardinson. Very cool. I should just be Kevin Dong, right? That would be me. <laughs> Who wants to be what? I have no idea. I am um, speaking of porn. Uh, the last two ladies that came out about Donald Trump, the most two recent ones, right? How she they, they came out. The ones that are supposed to hush because they took the hush money, you know. You know how uh, they just kind of came out and they just, they, they said this pickup line is, you remind me of my daughter. I almost, I'm pretty sure that Trump's password is Ivanka. All right, let's move on past that stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I saw this sign that says historic Milpitas. Then I drove through the town and I was like, oh, well, this is a clever way to say, don't expect much. Don't expect too much. I wonder if it, if it's if it would mean anything like if Hayward would still be Hayward. We just call it like Old Town Hayward or Historic Shithole. Oh, okay, move on past that. I uh, Historic Hayward. Okay, I um I was at Nation's Burger. <laughs> I was at Nation's Burger and I was watching this guy Tinder. So he's doing the Tindering thing and I, and I saw him swipe left. I was like, oh, this is different. Like this guy actually thinks he's a catch. Like we're both eating grease at a dirty table and he's got paint on his pants. It's like, okay. All right, gotta move on past that. I, uh, Friday night, anybody do anything special for Friday night? Nothing. What are you doing? Just here? Just sitting by, yeah, just sitting by the bathroom. <laughs> Date night. Date, yes, date night. Yeah. What, oh, where are you going? Comedy show. Comedy show. <laughs> you know what I like to do? I like to go home and watch Dateline. Dateline is my jam. The murder mystery where just things just happen. Okay, so these are things that I, I realize. It has to happen in a rural town. It can't happen in the city. If it's in the city, it's just news. You know, like, lady got stabbed in North Beach. Her room is available next week. It has to be someplace rural like Windsor or like Walnut Creek or someplace rural. Number two, it's got to be a cute white girl. It has to be a cute. If, if she's super hot, we just go, ah, she had it coming. <laughs> so number number three, it's always a guy with a circular goatee. There's always a guy with, it's, it's, this is what it tells me. It tells me this guy's vain and narcissistic to knowledge that this is not attractive, but dumb enough to think a ring of hair around the lips will bump him up from a soft six to a solid seven, <laughs> capable of murder. So... I, you know, that, 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 it encourages me to not date. That's all it really says because I don't want to try. I just don't want to do the whole dating thing. It's, it's dumb, you know? Like, you have to pretend to be somebody that you're not, you know? You, then you just have to ride out for the rest of your life. I give it up to the people on Dateline because those people, like, we all, we all yell it. We all yell, oh, I'm going to kill you. I hate you. I'm going to kill you. These people commit. You know, that's... <laughs> Okie dokie. Move on past that. I, um, what else is going on? I, uh, got my car smogged. Anybody get their car smogged? Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, 
60 bucks isn't bad. It, it's almost like a sliding scale. Like you could pay as much as 180. I paid 33, but it's almost like you have to. It's like the shadier the place is, it's like the cheaper they get. It's almost like walking to Chinatown to get your car smogged. It's a little sad. So the place I, I got it done at was um was it was called Green Mile. <laughs> it was called Green Mile. I was like, oh, is there like a house mouse? Is it brought back to life? It's Michael Clark Duncan gonna. Hey, how you doing? Is he gonna work on my car? All right, got nothing there. Um, what else do I want to try? I think that's all I got for tonight. So thank you guys so much for for your time. I think they got that same sliding scale at the Bunny Ranch, huh? Yeah. So uh, your next comedian, uh, I don't know who it is, but her name is Kayla Keller. Give a big round of applause. Hey, this is our second night here. We were here last night. Uh, I'm still kind of high from, from that, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I slept it off in my car. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since I've done that. And it wasn't shameful. Like I was proud of it. I was happy to do it. You get to a certain age and a certain number of kids, and you're just proud of that shit. You're like, I can still almost hang. But is it like a way worse walk of shame having to explain it to your three-year-old the next day? Like this morning, she was like, you don't look so good, Mom. And I was like, let's make waffles. It's going to be all right. Let's just get some Dora going. Let's make waffles. I like how Dora the Explorer is the go-to. Uh, that's a terrible show, but there's worse shows, which I've learned recently. Like, I don't know if you've ever done, like, the Netflix double deep dive, but there's just, like, bad claymation ripoffs of Dora the Explorer in French. Like, it gets worse. That shit gets worse. Like, my kid was on YouTube the other day, and I feel like I have to start monitoring her because I don't know what she's watching. And I feel like there's a fine line between, like, children's programming and children's porn on YouTube. Like, it, people are crossing that line. They just want to get... They just want to get the likes. They don't really care. Uh, but but I think it's okay. Like, I don't want to monitor her too closely. Like, I don't want to harsh her buzz. I like looking over at her, like, curled up like she's back from college, like a high pony and just some yoga pants on. Like, she's just getting it done early, and I respect that. I do. I like it when my kids fight. I like seeing them fight. I'm, I'm the kind of parent. They'll be like, he took my shit, and I'm like, punch him. I don't care. I don't want to sort this out. You guys are getting old enough. You can wrestle it out outside. Uh, and it's great because I, I have a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old, and the two older ones just take care of the little one now. Like, it's like a pyramid scheme of my own creation. <laughs> like, I'm just going to keep having kids, and I like at some point, it's going to be a diminishing return. I'm not going to have to do anything. Just put one more on the pile. It's going to be okay. But it's good. Like, I, I get to say shit like I'm a Mormon and people believe me now, which I've always wanted. I want to be able to go door to door. I want to be like the gypsies. Like, they just put their kids on a street corner and beg, and it's so sad. You make so much money. And I'm just frankly tired of working, so I think I'm going to start doing that. I think it's a good move. Like, I don't care. At this point in my life, I have no more shame. Like, I'm 28, and it's, uh, it's, all, it's all better from here. You know, like, I don't have to work a job. My whole job is making waffles for little people. It's a good gig. It's a good gig. Like, I, I've been trying to teach them not to call me mom. Like, I don't want to harsh my mellow when I'm out. Like, I just want to be a cool nanny. You know, like, I want to go to the playground and dads be like, look at that nanny. That's the vibe I want. Like, I don't wear a ring. I got, I got five, like, like, engagement rings. Like, I get one a year. Like, every year. He's like, this year? I'm like, better luck next time, champ. Better luck next time. Like, I feel like it's like a, just a sad little league coach every day. Like, people are like, do you want to fuck? And I'm like, 
you left it all out there on the field. You gave it your all. I, th I think today's not your day, buddy, but maybe, maybe next time. Maybe next time. You know the look when your man looks at you and you're like, I don't want to give you a dry hand job in the pantry today. Not, ag <laughs> not again. <laughs> the kids are napping. Your crying's going to wake them. <laughs> He's not here. He's home with the kids. It's fine. It's a good arrangement. I'm a great dad, is all I'm saying. I'm a great, I'm a great fucking dad. I'm a solid nine to five dad, you know, and that's how I like it. Like, I like to play hard to get with my kids. I know that shit. I read the book, Why Men Marry Bitches, right? That's what I'm implementing with my kids. Keep them wanting more. When's mom going to be home? I don't know, but we love that bitch. We don't know. We hope to see her soon, but we don't know. Uh, it's weird, I grew up in Marin City, and I feel like I'm the only person who celebrated Kwanzaa every year here, right? Anybody glue kernels of corn on a paper? Listening to Marvin Gaye tracks, that didn't happen to you guys? That never happened to you? Like, it's weird, I feel like I'm always uh, impersonating someone else, because I grew up in a school with only black people and, like, three Vietnamese people, and they were the only ones that would talk to me. And I, it was, do you remember gel pens? Does anybody remember gel pens? You remember that shit? And do you remember like the milky gel pens? I was so pissed they did not show up on my skin at all. I was so jealous. In the 90s, that was such a harsh. Such a, such a harsh. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up and I moved to Sonoma County and I live in Bennett Valley now and I'm not white enough there at all. Like, it's not a good look. Like, I feel like CPS is going to knock on my door at any minute and be like, do you have enough kale in here? Are your, are, are your kids going to a Montessori preschool? But it's good. I want to make good memories with them. Like, someday I want to be like, you know, remember all the times we spent gardening? And they'll be like, we love that shit, Mom. And I'll be like, yeah, your little hands made such quick work. I didn't have to pay you guys anything. You were the best trimmers I ever had. <laughs> all right, that's been my time. No. Just shove it in. Warm it up first. Oh, that's what the problem is. Okay. That was a great, you did a great job. Kayla Keller, you're awesome. Give her another round of applause. You're awesome. When I was a kid, my, uh, my, I went to my uncle and I was like, uh, is Santa real? And um, he goes, well, there used to be a Santa, but uh, he got old and he died. So your parents bring you your toys now. And I was just like, wow. And then, uh, and then he told me that the tooth fairy um, comes into your room at night and takes a tooth out, puts money in underneath the pillow, and then teabags you. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. And now that I'm an adult and I know like what that means, that's fucking awesome. I love that. That's, I wish I could teabag people. Um, okay. You ready for your next comedian? All right. Give it up for Mr. Danny Coleman. Oh. oh my God, wait, 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 wait. Give it up for Ms. Danny Coleman. So sorry. It's fine, I'm five foot one. I weigh 90 pounds soaking wet. People make that mistake all the time. I'm used to it. Uh, so, give me a shout if you're interested in conspiracy theories. Yeah. Oh, a lot of you. Awesome. Stuff like, you know, The Simpsons predicting 9-11 or, you know, random stuff from the Big Bang Theory or whatever. So, I love thinking about the guys who get it right. It's 
creepy. But what about the people who get it wrong? And I'm not, I'm not talking like, you know, anyone can sort of shout something into the, into the void and be catastrophically wrong. But I'm talking about the people who get it really, really specifically wrong. Like I was watching, I was watching a John Mulaney set from I think 2011 the other day. And he's doing a bit about observing female friendships. And he says his joke is 10 years from now, there's not going to be an all female Ocean's Eleven movie. <laughs> but wow, that's, that's not just wrong, right? That's not just wrong. That is specifically wrong. It is very, very weird that he was not just wrong, but he was wrong in a way that almost kind of predicted the future. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, does he know something? Does John Mulaney know something? Is he like some modern day anti-Nostradamus? What's going on here? So then I start looking at his other sets. Like what else, what else was he specifically catastrophically wrong about? Is there stuff in here that I should be paying attention to? Does he give me lottery numbers at some point that he then says are not gonna win? I don't know. And then I think, does this happen to all comedians? Is this something we all get to go through? And, and if so, when does it happen? What level of success do you have to reach to start knowing things? Is it, am I, am I gonna have my first late night set and next thing I know be inducted into some like clairvoyant comic cabal? Is that how it works? No, no, I bet you it's at the Montreal Comic Festival, right? You do a set at a, um, at a gala and then they take you off into the woods and you sacrifice a moose and suddenly you know things. It's Canada, I would believe it. And then next thing I know, I'm looking at every comic set I can think, trying to pinpoint the moment where it happens, where suddenly you become imbued with arcane knowledge from the beyond. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in my darkened living room, clutching my cat, rocking backwards and forwards, thinking I'm not ready for this level of responsibility. The wall in my living room is like the conspiracy wall from a beautiful mind. There's John Mulaney right in the center. Over here, there's a whole bunch of Daily Show correspondents. Up here, there's Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, and Cat Williams. I swear to God, I'm not trying to racially profile them. They just all seem to know something that I don't. Over here is Dane Cook. He's got nothing to do with it. It was just fun to push a push pin into his eye. And then my husband comes home. He's like, what's going on? I can't do comedy anymore. He says, I know, I know. Everyone gets insecure. Everyone gets performance anxiety. It'll be fine. No, I'm not ready for the responsibility of knowing everything and then having to lie. And not lie well, by the way. I just want to point this out. If you're trying to throw people off the scent of there being an all-female Ocean's Eleven movie at some point in the future, you don't specifically say there will never be an all-female Ocean's Eleven movie in the future, right? You say there'll never be an all-female heist movie. Once you bring up Ocean's Eleven, the game's kind of up. We know. You know. I'm on to you, John Mulaney. Uh, I really don't have an ending to this, except the comedy is some somehow already even more terrifying than it was before. And yet, here I am. Hi. Bye. I'm Danny. <laughs>
right. Wow. So that was really good. Danny, you're awesome. You are clearly from uh, Ohio. <laughs> Okay, your, your, your shirt, actually. Um, so, uh, all right, you guys ready for your next comedian? Yeah. All right, your next comedian is Hugo. Takes me a while to get up here, guys. How's it going? How we doing? Oh. Oh, have you guys ever had night terrors? Do you guys know what night terrors are? For those of you who don't know what night terrors are, night terrors are basically when you're trying to fall asleep, you're halfway between this world and the dream world. You're lying there, you go paralyzed, you can't scream, you can't move, you can't fucking say anything. And all of a sudden, there's a dark presence in the room. And all of a sudden, the dark presence decides to get on top of you, start fucking you, doing weird shit to you. Back in the day, they used to call it either a succubus or an incubus. They thought a mythological creature jumped through your window and fucked you while you try to sleep. But now we call it Bill Cosby. <laughs> Some creepy shit. Bill Cosby, what's he going to do now? What's the guy going to do? I heard he's trying to do some stand-up, but I don't know if that's going to work for him. hes uh, I heard he was trying to get a job at a morgue, but he was overqualified to handle lifeless bodies. Overqualified. And then he tried to open up a support center for women with narcolepsy. That didn't work. He likes fucking bitches that are asleep, you guys. That's what he likes to do. Oh man, I think I think he'd be a good like women's uh, boxing coach, right? Because uh, there's nobody in this world that's more efficient at knocking bitches out. Yeah, tell me. Are is there anybody else you can think of? Nope. Oh man, you gotta lose weight, you guys. It's hard being this big. It's not easy on the dating scene, you know. Uh, I was uh, in the shower for like 15 minutes the other day. My dick was still completely dry. <laughs> It's a bad, it's a bad deal. It's terrible. What can you do though, you know? Fuck it. Oh man, yep, I, I tried the Tinder. I tried the Tinder, uh, they, they canceled my account after like two days. Apparently nobody could swipe me either left or right. It was just dead center, so I was backing up the whole system. I sent a girl a full body pic. She sent me back a really angry text. She said I had maxed out her data plan. <laughs> But I thought data plans were unlimited. She's like, I know, dude. I'm like, can we still go on a date? And she's like, nah, I have a, I have this little thing. She said, I, I don't date guys that are over 350 gigabytes. I was like, ah, all right then. I need a, I need a two cell phones to take a selfie. A panoramic view. That's okay. Oh, uh, what else? I thought my, for the longest time I thought my house was haunted. Any room I'd go into, shit would just start falling off the shelves. So I got one of those healer guys to come and do a sage thing, you know? You guys ever do the sage thing? He's following me around the house. And after he goes into every room, he's like, dude, you don't have a spirit in here. There's no ghost in here. It's just your fat ass knocking shit over. It's just my fat ass knocking things over, you guys. I gotta, I gotta drop some weight. When you're just standing and you start sweating profusely. <laughs> That's when you know it's a bit of an indicator. <laughs> yeah, but um, you guys hear Fergie's rendition of the national anthem? That shit was crazy. That bitch was on some. She must have tapped into her spirit animal. Her spirit animal being a coked-up cougar in heat. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. Her and Colin Kaepernick are going to do a national disrespect the flag tour. They're going to call it You Kneel and I Squeal. 
That bitch is crazy. What's she gonna do now? What the fuck's she gonna do? That shit went from, oh, say, can you see, to say, ho, can you sing? <laughs> Real quick. Man, she's gonna have to do porn now, for sure. She's gonna do porn, watch. She's gonna put out a video with R. Kelly. It's gonna be called Black Guy Peas. I'll take that. I'll take it, take it home with me tonight, for sure. <laughs> Yep. Oh, man. What else? I don't got shit else, you guys. How much time do I got? One minute. One minute. What do you guys want to talk about? You guys just don't want to fucking be... Don't ask me no questions. We just want to do our fucking sets, motherfucker. Get off the fucking stage if you got shit to say. I think I'll do that. Thank you very much. All right. Um, hey, you're... Your fat shit was good, dude. Yeah. That shit was some good shit. That's what the ladies say all the time. All right. <laughs> That's what the ladies say all the time. Did you guys, uh, the um, Bill Cosby's back. Did you guys hear he's going to get on trial again? He's going to be on trial again. It's just ridiculous. Like the last one got really weird. Remember, like at one point he was like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm too blind. I'm too blind to stand trial, you know. I'm just like, wow, you're not only a rapist, you're a fucking ma chronic masturbator, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Jesus. And then Mrs. Cosby, she's the one that really pisses me off, though, because every time I see her on TV or anything, she's walking around like everything's fine. Like, you know what I mean? She's just, like, totally blank face, just out of it. I mean, that's his type, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, uh, you ready for your next comedian? Yes. All right, it's a name I can't pronounce, that's why I brought my phone up here. Wait, hold on a second, hold, hold on one second. All right, give it up for Mr. for Utsak. Keep it going for your host, come on. All right. Um, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. there we go. Um, okay, uh, I'm quick uh, heads up, house rules or whatever, uh, housekeeping, I guess. Uh, I'm preparing for an Indian show tomorrow, so two rules. One, pretend you're brown, and that leads to rule number two, pretend you hate white people. All right? <laughs> Pretty simple. Um, and the name is Utsav, and every mic I go to, they get it wrong. It's one of the hardest Indian names. It's, it's not Ustav, it's not Utsavi, it's Utsav, all right? U T. S-A-V. Utsav. Can you guys say it? Utsav. There's hope. There's hope. Uh, I'll go to a Starbucks, order a cappuccino, tell the barista my name, I'll go Utsav, and she goes, what's up? No, no, no. Utsav. U-T-S-A-V. Utsav. Get my cup back. Gustavo. It's not a good time to be a Gustavo in America right now. Ah. Uh, um, do you guys have a good St. Patty's Day? We're almost at the end of March. Did you guys party it up a couple weeks ago? Do you remember? Don't remember. Of course you don't. I had a fun St. Patty's Day. My friend and I got high as shit on some sativa. I would recommend it. Um, and uh, here's the thing. When we got high as shit, we ended up in the marina. The marina is like San Francisco's Texas. And when you're in the middle of a restaurant, surrounded by white people, high as shit, and you're a little brown person like me, you can't help but realize that there's so many white people in the marina. I was afraid, man. That room looked like the dinner scene from the Titanic. 
my friend walked over to me and he whispered in my ear and he goes, yo man, there's only white people in here. And I started rapping as a defense mechanism. For some reason, rappers squat like this, like on DJ Khaled or something. And I go, you know where we at? We in the marina. You know what it is? White person arena. And I got the fuck out of there, man. That was a weird neighborhood. But don't party in the marina anymore. It's a, it's a bad place. Just kidding. I don't know why we're so scared of white people. It's because brown people always are, and you have to pretend to be brown. Um, also, I shouldn't rap. I should leave the rapping to real hip-hop artists. Uh, any Kanye fans in the house? Any Kanye fans? One, what's your favorite Kanye album? Uh, Come on. Twisted Fantasy one. Uh, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Oh, I love that one. My favorite album is Yeezus. And one of the tracks on Yeezus is titled, I Am a God. The lyrics are pretty questionable, don't you think? They go something like this. I am a god. So hurry up with my damn massage. In a French-ass restaurant. So hurry up with my damn croissants. Why is Kanye getting massages in a French restaurant? And why is Kanye mid-massage carb-loading you guys? Doesn't he know that it's not really the recipe for therapy? Huh? You see, I grew up in India and moved to this country from a small town called Hyderabad, okay? And I moved here 10 years ago. So this right here, 2018, is actually my 10-year anniversary. Come on, 10 years in America? Yeah. I learned this accent just for that applause, man. Um, but although I moved here from India, I feel like I could do a way better job than Kanye at rapping. Except the lyrics to my track would be, I am a fob. And here's how they would go. I am a fob, all the way from Hyderabad, in an Indian restaurant. So hurry up with my garlic naan. <laughs> I'm so happy you guys know what garlic naan is. I did the last couple jokes with four girls from the marina in North Beach. They, they thought garlic naan was Italian bread. What? Yeah, actually. Yeah, I know. The, the, the joke before that about the white people, they wanted me deported for sure. <laughs> Not like that shit. Um, I just started comedy last month and it's been super fun, but uh, people confuse me for more successful Indian comics all the time. A couple weeks ago at Cobbs on a Sunday, I was hanging out and they were like, hey man, you're Janesh, right? You had a really good set. You should definitely headline next time. And I was like, of course, man, I would love the headline. Just give me a spot, but I'm not Janesh. <laughs> and uh, one of my friends walked up to me and he was like, yo man, listen up. Are you trying to be the next Aziz? <laughs> And I was like, yo, man, listen up. <laughs> How could you be so dumb? <laughs> I am not a zoo. I didn't stick my fingers in her mouth. <laughs> and that's how Aziz ruined it for all of us. That's my time. Give it up for your host. Thank you, guys. All right. That was Great energy. Did you really just start comedy a month ago? Yeah. All right. You had to put that energy somewhere, huh? It's like I've been humping the couch and now I got to take it on the road. I get that. I get that. I, um, I, 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 I love rap music. I love rap music and I'm so white that people make fun of me all the time because it's like I'm, walk I'm like driving down the street in my Mini Cooper convertible. I couldn't get any, any more whiter. And I'm like listening to Dr. Dre, you know, and my friends are always like, uh, they're like, how can you listen to that music? You know, it degrades women. 
You know, they're always talking about getting high and shooting guns. I'm like, it's just a snapshot of their day, guys. They're just kind of like showing us what they do every day. You shouldn't be so, you know, that was new, and I just think it's terrible. I got to work on it. I got to work on it. I got to work on it. All right, um, give it up for your next comic coming up. Um, let me see if I get this name right. Give it up for Cody Sela. Oh, okay. Hello, hello. 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 I don't know if you guys can tell by looking at me, but I got good at guitar in high school. <laughs> I did it so I could try to get laid, but it didn't really work out. My generation's <laughs> my generation's not really into guitar solos. That was more of like a 70s and 80s thing. So I gave up on my generation and started fucking their moms. <laughs> it worked out a lot better for me. I've never been very athletic. I can't get shit past a soccer goalie. But I can slide in and score on a soccer mom. That's my shit. That's my shit. The thing is, when you're fucking a mom, I mean, you gotta have some technique if you're gonna please a pussy that's literally had a human being come through it, you know? So when you're doing that, you know, you're in there, the pussy adjusts to your dick, you know? It gets consistent. That's when you pull out and just give her the head and some change. Because that pussy's gonna clamp down like it wants every cent of that change. Like you're trying to divorce it. And then that's when you give it full blast again. And that's the closest a woman's gonna feel to being a virgin after she's given birth. I mean, at least with your shit, there's always a the bigger fish, right? Not all dicks are created equal. Not all dicks are created equal. Not all boners are created equal. You know, like you have the half chub, you have the full mass, and you have the ragers. The ragers are when you get a boner and you're like, fuck, man. Your body's like, this is a medical emergency. We gotta get this shit home stat. And they don't come from shit you'd expect, like seeing a hot ass. They come from like seeing like a text message that's like, hey, I wanna sit in your lap. But I've been working all day, and I'm kinda sweaty. That'll turn you into a dog, like I'll lap that up. That's, the, that's, the, that's those werewolf boners. Then you'll be out for blood. You're driving around with a boner like that, you see a cute girl in traffic, and you'll just wanna rear-end her car. So that way she'll have to pull over and exchange information. It works out sometimes. I was going to the store the other day and there's a homeless dude out front. And I see this guy all the time singing country songs. And so he recognized me. And as I was passing him, he looked me in the eye and he goes, hey man, I've been working through my depression too. <laughs> and I'm like, too? Is that the kind of vibe I'm putting out, man? Fuck. Game recognized game. I gotta give him some respect, man. He's my, my homeless spirit animal. I think uh, dudes are better at remembering faces than they are remembering names. Because when they're talking to you, they're not thinking about fucking you in the name. You know? You can't really come all over syllables. Like, uh, I saw this really, really cute, skinny girl, but she was way too skinny. I decided to ask her out to dinner just to make sure she'd get dinner. She said no, but I still gave her lunch money. But it made me feel like uh, giving money to a homeless person, you know, because they're not really going to spend it on food. So when she was walking away, I'm like, man, I really hope that nameless girl with the fuckable face buys a sandwich. I really hope so. Does anybody else want to hear the rest of the conversation Trump had with Billy Bush? Sure. I want to hear the rest of it. It felt, it felt like he was leading into some instructions, you know? Like, step one, grab her by the pussy. Step two, you scoop the tit. Step three, you lift and you turn. Maybe it's just some ballet shit. 
Or maybe it was like self-defense, you know? Like female assailant's coming at you, you stop her by grabbing her in the pussy. Then you slide under and you uppercut the butthole. I think I could get behind a president who says punch her in the butthole. That's a much power, much more powerful statement. Because you wouldn't want to be in front of him, right? Get behind that shit. Get behind that shit quick. Uh, let's see. Don't you hate it when you're talking to somebody and they check their phone? It's fucking rude, right? <laughs> what's worse? What's worse is when they're talking to you and they check their phone. <laughs> because it's like they understand how uninteresting what they're saying is. Anyway. <laughs> I think uh, there are some unsung heroes in this country. Unsung heroes. Because the main reason people don't do bad is because they don't want to go to prison. And the reason people don't want to go to prison is because they don't want to get raped. So you guys got to remember to thank rapists for keeping our streets clean. Woo, all right, that bombed. <laughs> I'm just going to get the fuck out of here, guys. Uh, have a great night. Welcome your host back to the stage. Good job. And you're a prop comic, too. That's awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought it worked, too, huh? No, it totally worked. I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you because that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. No, that was that was great. I realize I shouldn't critique everybody as they get off the stage. This is something I'm starting to realize. It's like kind of fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just supposed to like do jokes and then be like, all right. But it's it's like fun, right? I feel like we're in like kind of like we're at a session, right? This is a, this is a group session, and we're just all trying to work our shit out, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I uh, I was walking down the street the other day, and um, this guy flashed me one of these gestures. Have you guys seen this? this <laughs> you seen that? You seen that? Was it him? No, it was not him, because that would have been hilarious. But no, I would have said something for sure. <laughs> I wasn't gonna let that shit go, right? No, yeah, he flashed me that, and I was just like, dude. <sighs> Who gives a sideways blowjob? What the fuck? Uh, that doesn't make sense, uh, right? It doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, hey, maybe I want to watch TV while I give one. What? Right? Just be kind of like this, just like. Something like that. Something like that is what I was thinking. Oh shit, I forgot who the next person is. Hold on, talk amongst yourselves for a second. Oh yes, I remember, I remember. Okay, okay. All right, you guys ready for your next comic? Yeah. All right. Um, very funny lady, her name, this, uh, this lady I've never seen before, but um, I know she is fucking hilarious. Her name is, give it up for Jackie Pearl. I'm originally from Honolulu. We hug people. That's what we do. I sexually molest people all over the bay. Um, <laughs> I want you guys to give it up for the ladies in the house, okay? Especially the ones who are getting on stage, right? Right? It's hard. We have to go out, especially the single ladies, in the middle of the night, hang out in dark bars. You know, often we're the only gals there, right? Right? I just wish that somebody had told me about this only chick in the room thing back when I was in high school, because when I was 18, I was totally down to date, broke, 
bearded 25-year-old potheads who still live with their parents. <laughs> Miss that window, goddammit. Um, I've had a lot of life changes recently. I lived in Honolulu for 33 years. I divorced my cheating husband. Thank you. I moved from Honolulu to Sacramento and I decided to become a stand-up comic because that's a really sound financial choice, as my guy at Edward Jones tells me. Um, but yeah, the world is very different. The last time I dated, literally, was 1989. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to be 53 on Sunday. Yeah, April Fool's Day. Easter and my birthday and rent all fall on the same day. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, a lot of changes. So back in 89, who was not even born in 89? Tell me that. You weren't. 89. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's literally the last time I dated. I graduated high school in 83. I was born in 65. 1965. I'm older than your mother, I'm guessing. Ah, oh, good. Um, but it, the world is very different. Like, we didn't have cock rings. We didn't talk about fisting back in 89. We didn't talk about butt plugs. This is, I'm, I, I, I'm dating again, and this is a whole new fucking world. You also used to meet people organically back then, right? Seriously, organically. You used to go out and say, hey, at a grocery store. Hey, at a library. Hey, at church. Not that I go to church, but some people did that. Um, and, and nowadays, it's all online. And I have three adult kids. It's not like I'm leaving them home Macaulay Culkin style. They're 18. 21 and 23 and they're giving me dating advice it's fascinating they know more about this shit than I do but yeah it's a very very different world um, I got on a few dating apps and I'm really loving the swipe left shit I'm digging that um, but yeah uh, so when I uh, first started dating again and divorced my husband, my older married friends are accusing me had a midlife crisis, right? Like, this is a midlife crisis, I guess, because I'm out with you guys. My kids think I'm home at a live taping of an NPR concert tonight, because I lie now, uh, and sneak out, and then sneak back in holding my heels, like you see in those college videos. But, um, yeah, and, and I will tell you this, for the ladies here, you're not there yet, I am, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Midlife is just basically puberty backwards. I'm not kidding. This is high school all over again. You've got weird hair growing out of weird places. Your hormones are up and down. You're like a prepubescent teen freaking with the hormones and shit. You're boy crazy because you haven't had sex in so long if you've been married for 25 years like me, right? It's insane. And so I tell my girlfriends, I said, I am not having a midlife crisis. I'm just going back to what I used to do. I used to race motorcycles. I used to jump out of airplanes. I'm not saying I'm going to walk naked through the Taco Bell drive-thru again. I might, but I'm just saying I used to have a life. I used to do fun stuff, and I'm getting it all back. Fuck you, Jay Wook. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I went out on a date for the first time in 25 years, since 1989, went out on a date, and we hit it off, and it was really good. And he said to me at the end of the night, he said, want to go back to my place, fool around a little bit, you know? And I went, are you crazy? You have a seven-year-old and a 17-year-old in the upstairs bedroom. Are you insane? And he said to me, shh, we'll be quiet. And that's when I really realized this really is just freaking high school all over again. That's the same thing as, shh, your dad will hear, shh, 
the kids will hear exact same thing, exact same thing. So ladies, I'm here to tell you that there is life beyond that. Get through all of this and then there will be life. But gentlemen of a certain age, of which there are absolutely none in comedy clubs, um, your best bet to getting with a, that cheerleader you're still kind of thinking about back in high school is to get with a 50-year-old divorcee. She's going to be hormonal as fuck, willing to try this new sex thing everybody's talking about, maybe even willing to have it with people in the next room, shh, shh, same thing, and scared to death of being pregnant. All right, my name is Jackie Pearl. I run a thing called Carpool Comics. It's a, it's, a, it's a podcast on Facebook, so look it up. Carpool Comics, we tape on the way there and the way back. Super fun. Jackie Pearl, she's going to go get in her minivan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minivans are great because you can live in them if you have to. If Oh, sorry. I don't know. It's not. I've never done that. Hey, uh, so you guys having a good time? Yeah. Everybody having a good time? Yeah. You know what the problem is? Let me tell you what, the, what this is the biggest problem that's happening in this room right now. If you guys have ever come to one of these open mics in this room before, um, there is usually a heavy pot smell going on right now. <laughs> And I think it helps with the laughter. So, yeah, if you could spark that up so we could... Oh, but that's a vape? Oh, yeah. See, we're not going to get a secondary off of that. Sorry, I'm selfish. <laughs> 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 Fucking, that's very selfish. No, I have a friend who, uh, whenever I go anywhere with him, will be outside, and he'll be asking everybody if they want to, if they want to, like, take a puff off of his pipe. And I'm like, dude, that's why no one sucks your dick. You know that? It's just... <laughs> All right, are we got, are we ready for our next comic? Woo! Wait, I keep doing that. Woo! Never always do that. Woo! Keep it away from your mouth. All right, our next comic coming up here in is Miss Sarah Cooper. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Sarah Cooper. I uh, worked in uh, corporate America in an office job for a really long time. Anyone else have an office job here? Yeah. Um, it's where I learned to be super aggressively passive aggressive. Um, I uh, hated my manager, and uh, so I signed up for this course called How to Deal with an Incompetent Manager because I knew that all my training courses went to him for approval, so he was able to see that. Um, we always tried to solve problems uh, through email. So we'd email back and forth, and then the email would get too long until someone said, why don't we have a meeting? And then we'd have a meeting, and then the e meeting would get cut off. And so someone would say, let's go back to email. And then we'd go to an email, and that would go back and forth until someone said, let's have a meeting. And then we'd have a meeting, and that could get, get, off, get cut off. And then we'd have go back to email. And then we'd go back to a meeting, and then we'd email, and then we'd meet, and then we'd email, and then we'd meet, and then we'd email, and then we'd meet, and then we'd meet, 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 and then we'd meet email, and then we'd email, and then we finally decided to just have sandwiches for lunch. Uh, so that's exactly what happened almost every day. Uh, I, uh, I had trouble uh, speaking up in meetings. Um, I had trouble asserting myself. Uh, anyone else have trouble asserting themselves? <laughs> Good job. You're doing good. You're, you're doing good then. Uh, yeah, getting better. Um, 
I, uh, I felt like I had to say something meaningful in meetings, uh, but then I noticed that the salespeople would speak up even when they didn't have anything meaningful to say. And so um, I noticed some tricks that you can do to look smarter in meetings, um, even when you have nothing meaningful to contribute. Uh, one of them is you can translate percentages into fractions. So if someone says 25% of people clicked on this button, go, oh, about one in four, and make a note of it. <laughs> and everyone will be really impressed with your quick math skills. Um, another one uh, is to ask, will this scale? No matter what it is, just say, is this going to scale? No one knows what that means, but it makes you look really smart, like you really care about what's going on. Um, and another good one is if someone's giving a presentation, uh, it doesn't matter where it is in the presentation, just go, um, could you go back a slide? And as soon as you do that, all of your coworkers will think that you're going to brilliantly point out something on that slide that they all missed. You don't have to say anything. You can just kind of look at the slide and nod and, and then go, okay, yeah, let's move on. Um, and it'll immediately make you look super, super smart. Um, I worked at uh, Google for a while. Um, it was fun working there. It was all about being googly. Uh, the new Googlers were called Nooglers. And uh, the older Googlers were called Greglers. That was anyone over 30. Um, they had some trouble coming up with the name for the black Googlers, though. Uh, so they decided to just call them Jake and Sean. Uh, they figured that was the easiest thing to call them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was a, there was some trouble with with sexism there, um, but you know, being like one of the only women there, people are like, oh, it's really hard being a woman in tech. But it's not that hard, you know. Here's my advice: if you're a woman in tech, be prepared, be really prepared, but not too prepared, because then you'll be uppity. Okay. You want to be authentic, but you also want to hide all of your thoughts and feelings at all times. You want to smile, but you don't want to smile too much because then people will think you're flirting. But you don't want to not smile because then you'll look like a bitch. What you want to do is just look like you're having a stroke. Um, because then that, that's like right in the middle where like you'll look like you um, are approachable but not too approachable. I, for me, I always just try to be um, with men as, as non-threatening as possible, as, as not pushy, you know, as not competent as I can be, just try not to appear too competent. Um, I would put lots of smiley faces and emojis and exclamation points in my emails. And if I had to point out something wrong, I would just, you know, instead of saying, this is wrong, I'd be like, is this wrong? I, I don't even know. Like, uh, I don't even like numbers. You know, this might be wrong. It might not be. Um, and that was just an easier way to do that. Uh, I, uh, I did hear a rumor that the uh, software engineers at Google are so proud of working there that they have sex with their badges on. Yeah, uh, that's a joke. <laughs> they do not have sex, uh, no. Uh, my, my husband hates that joke because he's a software engineer at Google. Uh, we met at work. Um, and I feel like when you meet someone at work, it's not like settling, it's more like giving up. Um, because it's just like, I can see your calendar, you know, you're here, I'm here, let's just have like some really convenient sex. Um, and that's what that was like. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? Um, I, uh, I, um, I've been uh, really getting into uh, beauty products. Uh, I saw an article called, um, these 20 products reveal the secret of Asian beauty. 
So I bought 17 of them, and uh, they're really, really weird. I was putting this stuff on my face called snail mucus. Um, it's really, really viscous. You put it between your fingers and it stretches out and it gets in your nose and your mouth and all over the place. And I'm just rubbing this stuff on my face. And as I'm rubbing this stuff that's like straight from a snail's butt right onto my face, it hit me. These Asian beauty bitches are trolling us. They're just trolling us. I've been using this stuff for a while and I'm seeing no difference in my skin. I'm getting a little bit better at math, but I'm not seeing any, any difference in my skin at all. Um, and so I feel like the secret to Asian beauty is being born Asian. I think that's what the secret is. And I'm sorry if you're an Asian woman offended by the stereotype that you're all beautiful. I know that's hard to hear. Um, so I apologize for that. All right, thank you guys. My name's Sarah Cooper. Give it up one more time for Sarah Cooper. Some good shit promoting synergy. Sarah Cooper. This, I can't make the thing go up higher, so I'm just going to have to do this. So, All right. You guys ready for your next comic? You having a good time? Yeah. Woo! Everybody's having a good time? Yeah? yeah? All right. Uh, your next comic is apparently a brand, not just a person. His name, uh, give it up for Jay Wick Comedy. No. What's the W? I'm going to change my fucking name, but it's Jay Wook. Oh, it's Wook. Oh, see, the the whole O didn't happen. No. It was just like a this. It's real. All right. Give it up for Jay Wook Comedy! Let's give it up for your host, Erie, man. She's murdering it. Fucking, I think Amazon listens to me too much, dude. That Alexa bitch, right? Because I didn't even know there were dick ring sizes, and she just orders them for me. So, Erie, just ask Alexa how big my dick is, because clearly she knows what size cock ring I have. Just saying. Ah. How you guys doing today, man? San Francisco. This is nice, man. This is weird as shit. Like, I feel awkward here. I wash my hands a lot. Not because I'm, like, afraid of getting something, because I'm afraid someone's going to call me out on it here. Like, to the point where I even put the toilet seat down in that fucking bathroom. Because I'm afraid someone's going to be like, you were in here last. And tip for all you guys, if you ever sit there, you'll always be asked, is somebody in there? Yeah, because I guess that's your job. Someone, the, the artist who creates all this beautiful stuff, get up for the artist, all right? I, I, I personally, I personally would love a sign that says, ask this person if it's occupied. You know, something just real artistic right there, because that just happens. Uh, so I'm a dad, you guys. It happened. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah dude, I got two of the best. Seriously, the best, most wonderful. I'm a father of three. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I love all of them the same. This is just recorded, right? You know, they're all my favorites. You know, they, they say kids are your payback. Dude, someone got the wrong fucking resume for me. I was not as bad as Hitler, man. All right? I deserve something good. And I know that sounds very white privilege to me in this day, right? Like this whole privilege thing. And uh, lately, I don't know what your Facebook feed looks like, but a lot of my shit says it's hard being white. <laughs> he said the hardest thing is to be a white man in America. <laughs> and I was like, 
my Facebook feed is hella racist, dude. And I was like, oh my God, but there's an algorithm that's telling me I might be hella racist, right? It really is. Why am I seeing all this shit? And I go, yeah, it's so hard when the black guy's not there anymore and we have our own person. It's a lot of complaints. A lot of complaints in the Sacramento right now. It's uh, There was an article that says the new KKKK is a police department. And again, my uncle rised up on Facebook, so that's why I've missed all the meetings. I'm just kidding. That's a total fucking joke. Come on, it was my grandpa. He's just bad at Facebook and doesn't keep a schedule. I hate that that's true. I'm glad you guys didn't laugh. Racist is hella terrible. It is, unless you're Asian where everything's fucking dope, right? Never, you guys even give like the best pedicures with fish and shit. Like the smart ones are like, just put your feet in the tank, it's gonna be great. And they eat all the fucking skin off. Have you guys seen this shit? Yeah, okay, I just sounded maybe hella too racist when I said it, but it was fucking amazing to me. It's illegal in California, right? It gets even worse. We're so paranoid about water. Sacramento area is the only place that doesn't recycle water. All right? You guys have plastic bags down here still, or are you guys done with those? We still have those. They, they cost 10 cents now. You know how I know they're not worth 10 cents? Because homeless people will pick up the can right next to it and leave that fucking bag right there. <laughs> fucking, you guys are dirty. That's like real shit. I had a couple nods and a couple laughs. I have no idea how to fill you guys out. For real. I love this. I really do. I love this room, man. Give it up for this room. The people that have created it. The people that put energy into it. Give it up for your host, Erie. I really do. This is where you grow. This is where you survive. This is where you become better. And hopefully one day I will be too. And that's why I'm here. But that's why we contribute. I mean, I don't remember how much I gave. <laughs> I like the way you say that. She's all, it's a lot. <laughs> Callback, respect, I fucking love you. You're gangster. Embrace yourself up here. Be 100%. You're like, oh, I'm going to tell you a joke. Dude, you were you. You roasted us afterwards. Wasn't that dope? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and the only time she was uncomfortable was when he was hella big. She's like, yeah, that fat stuff was funny. <laughs> Thank you. I'm only playing for him. Fuck you guys, dude. Jeez. I, I, I used to have a joke about the loud black guy in the back, but I don't say it anymore. Because they fucking love me. My fucking people, man. Get my news from World Star on this motherfucker. I really do. I heard about Little Peep. I'm like, oh, shit, that's terrible. Who the fuck is Little Peep? Thank you. Give it up for people that had the same thought. Seriously. So I look up who this fuck is, and he's the most untalented artist I've ever heard in my life. And I'm okay with talking bad about the dead. Michael D Jackson was a kid toucher. Was that disrespectful for me to say? No. It was just so true for San Francisco. Usually someone goes, <gasps> but he can dance. That doesn't take everything away. Jared from Subway lost weight eating sub sandwiches. It's because a fucking hero. Kid toucher, all gone. One thing you guys do could ruin your entire life, right? You're like, no, I'm hella rich. Fuck you, kid. <laughs> no, for real. I feel like that every day. I, I don't even, because I'm married, still married, successfully married for like 13 years. Give it up. 
Yeah, I'm a little older than I look, or you're probably right. One of those two things, okay? And I wake up every day not wanting to please my wife, but I just don't want to fuck up her day, man. It's my only goal. And I'm a champ dad. Just like that Santa Rosa. What was her name, Jackie? Kayla. Kayla. Kayla understands. It's so dope being a dad. When you're a mom, you got to be like that Starbucks mom, pretty decent stroller, you know, driving a decent car. Like, that's a mom shit. And then I don't know why people give a fuck. Yeah, it's retarded, right? It really is. You're going to laugh at that. <laughs> retarded. I know you guys now. You're my people. You're my people. You know, as a dad, man, one day I, wa I, I drove my kids to school. I did. I drove my kids to school. Give it up for that. All right? Right? And that's how I felt going into school. There was this mom holding her twins. Looked like she smelled like she hadn't showered in at least two days. Right? And I'm like, oh, kids, walk over here. She probably has lice. Come over here. And uh, she goes, wow, father of the year. Dude, get it right. Being a dad's fucking dope, man. When the bar's down here, dude, we're all LeBron James with his big dong donking over by everybody. The extreme callback. Give it up for Erie. Mutiny Radio. Thank you so much. I'm Jay Wook. Follow us. Carpool Comics Jackie. Thank you so much, Erie. Okay. Thank you very much, Jay Woke Comedy. Woo! All right. Lice, huh? You know what? I realized, have you guys noticed this? I don't hear that much about people getting crabs these days. What? That's awesome. Yeah, I think we've eradicated crabs. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's probably like the grooming we're doing or something, you know? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's the grooming or something. But I did, I did actually tell that joke uh, at a room a couple days ago, and this one guy in the back just goes, nope. So... I don't, I'm not 100% sure. That guy's keeping it alive. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Let's give it up for our next comic. And I'm probably going to fuck up his name. Uh, Jim McVeigit? Jim McVeigit! Yeah! Oh my god, uh, my lips just touched this microphone. Uh, I was gonna experiment with tension just for like my entire set and then my lips touched the microphone and great. They say you should dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. So I showed up to work wearing my boss's skin. I got mad. You should dress for the job that you want. So I got naked because I don't want a job. I want to go home. <laughs> cool. Me and my partner, um, we went to go buy a couch. The salesman said, this is an expensive couch. Why don't you go ahead and make yourself at home? So I sat down and I started crying on it. <laughs> it was a good couch. I bought it. I went, to, I went to see a hypnotist for binge eating, and it worked. I don't have any more money for food. I just see her once a week. I give her all my money, and I can't eat anything. Standing next to, um, well, I was at the dollar store, and I had to break a 50. It went out of business. 
Uh, I am trying, like summer's coming up, I'm trying to get my beach body ready. I'm just not sure which outfit I want to wash up in. <laughs> what am I wearing? Is this too much navy? They're gonna, they're gonna like, look at this little sailor in all his navy. I'm like, no, that guy was unemployed. I really wanted to experiment with silence and tension. Like, it's really interesting how you can milk a laugh out of not saying anything. And that's kind of my goal, is to not have to actually write any jokes. It's just to <laughs> stare a crowd down until they're so uncomfortable with my weird eye contact. I was standing next to I was standing next to a couple because and I was I was just minding their own business and the man he moved the woman didn't notice she was on her phone and thinking that I was him I could tell that she thought that I was him because she turned and she said I love you ah and I still felt good it still felt really good it was as if I didn't hear her scream in my face uh, I stole another man's intimacy and it was fantastic I it was I didn't say it back I didn't uh, I didn't know what to say I couldn't think of anything cute or like clever so I was just like yep and then, uh, and then she she turned to him and she's like oh, I'm sorry like she she's like babe you know I love you but I felt like my I love you was so much better than his. <laughs> and he knew my I love you was so much better than his. <laughs> and I hope they think about me every time they fight. But I forgot half the punchlines for that. <laughs> I, I think it's weird that like two couple, like a couple can just like make out hard on the street corner and just like really go at it just in public but when a homeless guy does it everyone's like fucking uh gross it's just like dude never mind uh okay okay premises premises uh i'm through with weed i know a lot of you smoke weed i can't do it i feel like if the way that if i want to feel like the way that i move my body is wrong and everybody is talking about it i'll just go lift weights at the gym <laughs> trying to find a new job it's like in a pinch like I was looking at my resume and I was like if I was in a hurry my resume could double as a suicide note all I would have to do is just sign it and the police would they'd figure it out and they'd be like look at that font look at the gaps in his resume uh, he listed public speaking under special skills if they saw this set they'd be like uh, uh I'm learning how to bake right now and it's kind of fun. Um, a recipe called for a cup and a half of sugar. So I had to tear open 